0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Dallara, and I've got producer Corey in the studio. How are you doing, producer Corey? Uh, We have slow drafted our fantasy football league already, and producer Corey took Travis Etienne in the first round. How do you feel?
1: With the last pick of the first round, what is it, 12-team league now? Yes. Good as it can get. (laughs) I'm just happy um, Howard- I was also able to get a wide receiver on the way back. You know, on the way back, yeah, like it was a million picks away. And I thought about it. I was like, I could double down on running backs right now, but this is, <laughs> that would be stupid. I'm not going to do that.
0: I thought that you were going to take Tony Pollard, and then I remembered that you just wouldn't take a cowboy. And I guarantee you, that uh, Dominic, that Dominic knew that.
1: I would have taken Tony Pollard if Zeke was still on the team because he was the superior running back, and everyone knows that.
0: That's 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 actually very true. Now he that he's RB
1: one too much pressure if he's jerry's guy he's fucked
0: yeah oh that's that's a reasonable point like if you're not jerry's guy like if you're jerry's muse no not even muse like side side rb then like that's that's the right. guy to live with you're
1: the points guy <laughs> You're the guy guy gets you know in front of the camera all the commercials the belly shirts what have you and uh you're the you're the real fucking workhorse
0: that's the thing that matters um
1: now that but, he's look- on limelight now
0: yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you're maybe he went a little too high. Honestly, it's you never know. Not it's not guy. our guy, not I'd rather our guy. hang
1: out with the Jacksonville squad.
0: Oh, you love those guys, jagging <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got a cool episode today for you guys. We are obviously going to be talking a little bit of uh, like NFL, it's about to be week one here in the national football league, but obviously have to kind of plug the FIBA stuff real quick. So been ripping FIBA props for the action network. Um, we've got those plays up. We are right now we're 10 and three at the time of this recording so far during FIBA putting up some pretty good numbers there. And one of those is it was yet to cash, but it looks inevitable with Stefan Jovic, uh, Gonna cash the team leader and assist. So you know, stay tuned for those. I'm trying to put those out on the Twitter machine or X as uh it's now named. I'm Are trying to put them out that? on. What
1: the fuck I don't know.
0: Like I just don't really get it, but I guess it's X. I don't know. I got paid though, so that was cool. But There's it didn't a, really pay me a lot. It was like a net a zero type of deal. wants to
1: figure out the money deal behind this? I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Up a, like there was a legitimate trademark that they just like were like, let's not use this anymore. Yeah, like I don't a nondescript get a script X that can't be trademarked.
0: It makes no sense when there was like a, a Twitter. It was Twitter tweets, retweet. Like it was all it was perfect. It was perfectly done. Um, So putting those out there, it's been a lot of fun. We by the time you guys listen to this, realistically, the quarterfinals will be done. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see both Germany and, uh, you know, Germany should advance over um, latvia but you have canada against slovenia so that's big it's a big sga versus luca matchup if this gets dropped and you happen to somehow listen to this in the middle of the night before that game tips off at uh let's see what time does that game tip off it tips off at uh eight no not 8 40 uh it tips off at 8:30 a.m. Eastern time, so uh, there's actually like a somewhat reasonable chance that you could watch this uh, or hear this podcast before. So I'm gonna say it. I like Mike Toby over five and a half rebounds. You can get that at Fanduel. Um, Toby has been excellent on that number so far throughout the throughout the World Cup, and Canada is a little bit undersized overall. So I really like this spot for him. Um, he has been averaging six Six point seven rebounds per game throughout his seven World Cup games Got the line of five and a half here. I think this is a really good spot because he only had three against Germany last game. I think this is a pretty good bounce back spot against a slightly undersized Canada team that likes to push the pace. So Mike Toby over five and a half rebounds. You can book that gonna cash that um but with that we are going to be we have some really cool exciting things coming up throughout this nba season um one of the things is just a little bit of a teaser um but you know we have a very good relationship with props.cash and we're looking to you know kind of continue to expand on that throughout the nba season so we'll have some cool announcements for that coming up but have a couple cool guests lined up coming up as well. We're going to be bringing on Dan Titus from Yahoo Sports. He is their head fantasy basketball analyst. Good guy. Wrote a couple comms with him at the Action Network. So that's definitely one to be looking out for coming up in the future. But with that, let's take a look at week one in the NFL. You guys know me and Corey, big New York Giants fans. Corey, how are you feeling about Danny Dimes over here and our New York
1: football Giants? He's going to throw the ball to Waller. And then he's going to and- throw the ball to Waller. And then Saquon's going to run the ball. And then Danny's going to throw it to Waller. And then he's going to run again. And then Danny's going to run one in for a TD. And then Gano's going to hit the extra point. He's going to have three plus 50 yard kicks a game. I cannot wait.
0: <laughs> Dude, I just, I'm definitely like a little concerned about the fact that. We started so good last year, you know, like we started six and one. What was it? Six and one. Um, know, but we I only know. won, you know, and like then we went. We two, don't feel five, good one.
1: unless we're zero and three.
0: No, that's the thing. Like I don't feel good unless like I'm in a space that I'm comfortable with, right? And that is being zero and hurt. three. Yeah, yeah it's being just always nice being and hurt.
1: injured and hurt. And uh, then so being I, the underdog.
0: It turns out I'm actually going to the home opener. I'm going to the Giants yeah. Cowboys game, so I'm pretty excited for that, and I think it's gonna be. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, the Giants are three-and-a-half point, three-point underdogs in that spot. Are I know the home-dog sharp-
1: game against Dallas. Oh home-dog game. Yeah, favorite. I know.
0: I, the thing is, like, I know that the Giants are obviously underdogs in the spot. And the Giants just historically, like, always are bad against the Cowboys. Like, I feel like we, we always start the season against the Cowboys, and we're always 0-1. Yes. I just, like, I don't... Get it. And everybody's saying the Cowboys are going to be one of the best teams in the NFC, and the Giants are like a clear regression candidate, but we're getting a spread that's three and a half. And, you know, divisional home underdogs are 25 and 13 against the spread in week one, 7 and 0 since 2018. So is this one of those spots where, like, as a, as a home Giants fan, like, I need to be betting the plus three and a half instead of, you know, maybe not the money line? Like, I just Take feel like up, I'm going to be... I'm just going to be Max Payne.
1: Take him straight up. It's it's the Sunday night game,
0: divisional home dog, getting to more than a field goal. I think this is a tougher spot um, just because I think that the Cowboys are going to be good, right? Like, when we look at this whole
1: thing, the pressure's on them.
0: That's true. That is true.
1: Come on. It's fucking Dak. Who gives a shit?
0: (laughs) I mean, I think when you look at the Cowboys, though, right? Like, they. They're one of those teams where obviously Jerry Jones, like, you know, he spends he spends the money. He makes them good. Uh, he tries to do what good he can. To, but, like, look, they got... I, they added Brandon Cooks. I think that Brandon Cooks is a good second receiver to have alongside CeeDee Lamb. Then they get former Defensive Player of the Year, Stephon Gilmore. You add a nose tackle. You add, you know, you keep Dak Prescott. You keep Tyron Smith you don't have Ezekiel Elliott anymore who we just kind of talked about him not being the guy like he's. Are you convinced that Dallas is going to be good? No. (laughs)
1: Are you kidding me? They've had better teams than this. Sorry. I mean,
0: I think it's just, I think it's definitely a tougher spot, right? Like with, this game in particular, season opener, you have the entire offseason to kind of plan for this game. And I think that Tony Pollard, you know, is going to get that run, like you kind of mentioned. And even without Zeke, you, you're kind of giving the keys, I think, maybe to Dak Prescott to kind of really run this offense and like earn his money. And you added, you gave him some additional tools. And you obviously have Michael Parsons on the defensive side, who is always a defensive player of the year candidate. So I think this is really tough. I think this is a tough spot for the Giants. I don't, it's one of those, I think I might just go and just root for the Giants. But I, the three and a half is enticing, but I think it's enticing specifically to get you to take the Cowboys. Like I think that people, they want, books kind of want you to take the Cowboys here, but it definitely is an, a little bit of an uncomfortable position for me to be taking in week one, backing my own team where I'm like, I think this is a good number. I think this is a reasonable spot, but the three and a half makes me want to take, you know, the Giants saying like, all right, like I'm getting more than a field goal. But at the same time, I do think that Dallas is probably better, but then it's kind of one of those things, you know, divisional divisional rivalries. They always die a little bit harder.
1: Throw those numbers away. Give me nothing.
0: (laughs) let's look at this other team from texas though we have the houston texans the texans are supposed about them the texans are supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league right uh that's all anybody says like everybody keeps saying like the texans stink like they're not they obviously weren't good last year i think that they're gonna be i think they're gonna be good this year i'm kind of in on them and i'm 100% in on the Texans at plus 10 in week one against the Baltimore Ravens. What do you think?
1: Question. Hit me. That being said, with the news of Travis Kelsey today, and his hyperextended knee and his newly acquired Q on Yahoo, (laughs) should I play Schultz?
0: Should you play Schultz? Mm. In,
1: oh, well... This doesn't affect you. Don't worry.
0: Because so I say you don't have you have Kelsey. Not you don't have Kelsey. Not in your league. This oh, way differently. You, you, you
1: can speak on this. This will not affect you.
0: I don't. I don't hate Schultz. I think that Schultz is one of those underrated guys that you can kind of grab at a pretty decent price, especially I just pick in fantasy him up drafts. For price
1: of zero dollars.
0: That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. it's. I think I like Schultz. I think that he's pretty talented. I think that this offense is going to be a little bit more interesting. The offensive line for this team has kind of gotten better right so you're adding a couple young you're adding some players to kind of help bolster that young offensive line um you have the new quarterback and cj stroud uh you got they drafted another great defensive player so i do think that this is one of those spots where houston has a lot of room to grow and they're they're a young team. So there's a lot of players that can get better. And even adding a veteran here or there can kind of bring a little bit more stability to the locker room, a little bit of stability to the team and kind of show these younger players not only how to win, but how to like deal with being a professional in the National Football League. So I do really like them at this plus 10 spot against the Ravens. The Ravens are going to be using a new offensive scheme. Uh, They have a new coach. A lot of it's going to be dealing around like it's more a little bit more of a pass heavy offense which is obviously a very big difference for us when we're looking at this Baltimore Ravens team. We're very used to them as like run 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 um you know multiple running backs between and then Lamar Jackson and then really not having a wide receiver and the entire offense really be funneling if it's through the air it's either in dump off passes or it's to Mark Andrews. So I do think that this new offense is something that's going to be a little bit interesting and it's gonna take it's there's always wrinkles with the new offense. And that's part of why I like Houston here because you're getting you're getting 10 points. Um, they're a team that was very bad last year and week one underdogs of eight or more points are 25 and nine against the spread since 2003. So you're getting pretty good trends here. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that teams or people, when they're betting, when they're setting out these lines, you're getting a lot of people that are like, well, this team was bad last year. They should be bad again. And they don't really think about all the little things that kind of have changed over the course of the season. So I think that that's all very important And that's something that you need to consider with the uh, with these spreads and with these you know with these new options and new matchups, right? So I think that you can really find a lot of value here, and that's why I like Houston at plus ten. I'm not opposed to a little money line sprinkle. I think you get that over plus four hundred in some spots as well. I want to take our attention though. You mentioned Travis Kelsey and how he had that hyperextended knee. We don't really know what the Severity of that injury is right. Um, one of the things that's important to note here is he's really one of Kansas City's primary obviously, he's pr- one of Kansas City's primary offensive weapons, right? And when you take him out of the rotation, or even if he's coming back a little bit uh dinged up, how does that necessarily impact the? The team, how does it impact the spread? And how does that impact the way that you should be betting on it? So the first thing that I did was I bet under 54 and a half for this game. I think that this is a spot where it's the first game of the season. Um, teams can kind of come out a little flat sometimes, or there's, you know, you have some younger guys that have a little bit more nerves. The game plan's not necessarily the sharpest, it's not necessarily the crispest. And obviously the Detroit Lions have a bit of a different look to them this year as well getting rid of both of their running backs having completely new running backs there I think that this is definitely a spot where I'm looking at that under 54 especially without Travis Kelsey additionally when we look at this injury, uh, you know one of our good friends, uh, fantasy injury T, Tom Christ, Doctor Tom Christ, he was saying that the big thing with Travis Kelsey is that field tests are usually not always reliable at ruling out a major injury like an ACL or something like that. MRI would confirm. Um, so we'll have to see what exactly this means for Kelsey. There's a little bit more to this and we'll kind of see whether he's going to miss any time, whether he's going to play on uh Thursday night or not, but there's definitely some wiggle room, a little bit of concern, or should you take him early in your fantasy drafts? I still think that he's a player that, you know, you want to be targeting in the first round, just based on the fact that the positional leverage between Kelsey and anybody else is so significant. But that being said, if he's not playing, you know, he's not the youngest guy either. Travis Kelsey, did you know, fun fact, you want to know how, guess how old Travis Kelsey is. 29 no he's 33 he's gonna be 34 that's like i was i was honestly shocked i was shocked when i found that out he is i think only a couple months younger than gronk and gronk has literally retired twice so like, (laughs) like so i mean when you think about it that way and you hear about this type of injury like 33 is actually older than us, which is rare to say about football players at this point. So,
1: you know, back cracks in three different places when I get out of bed every day.
0: But what I'm getting at is these injuries, like they don't, you don't recover from them the same way as when you're younger. So these things kind of creep up and you have to wonder, at 33 years old, he's going to be 34 in about a month, actually a month from today. So happy early birthday, October 5th, 1989, 1989
1: appears. appears there's a, uh, some swelling that they're not even giving him an x-ray or an MRI until the swelling goes down. Yeah. Not so right.
0: that's. That's all very concerning. I think, um, and I think that's that's another contributive factor, contributing factor about why we want to take this under. But I will say that one of the plays that I like the most for this game is DraftKings is doing a couple things. They're doing those up seven promos, up ten promos, and I really like the fact that you can kind of get this uh, this game. You can use the early, like the plus seven. The up seven, whatever you can get them at like plus two, ten. Depends on what your max is. The max is kind of all over the place for people. I think it's as low as $25. Um, it's as high as probably a hundred, maybe five hundred. With these games and with these options, the seven points is awesome because it's just it's literally like, are they gonna score the first touchdown? Um, so I think that there's a way to handicap it in that regard too and i like the fact that with the lions um they do have a relatively dynamic offense i think they could win this game i think that they can contend especially if travis kelsey's unable to go um what i have thought was interesting though was that it looked like the spread moved on this game, but the money line didn't really move too much with the Kelsey injury news. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on, but at plus two ten, i usually like to take bigger underdogs for the up seven promo. I think that that's really the best way to kind of get the bang for your buck and get the essentially get the biggest return uh, in terms of ROI for some of these games. And for that promo, because you can, you, you can honestly win these bets in the first quarter because you get paid out immediately. And if that's the case, like seven points, we see seven point leads in the NFL all the time. Um, They're not the craziest thing to come back from. They're definitely something that you can kind of take advantage of. So I like Detroit on the money line for the up seven early win promotion. Um, I think that they also were doing some other promotions as well. Uh, they've got a week one Thursday no sweat promo. Then there's a week one Sunday no sweat and a week one Monday no sweat. Those are all for me. They're $20 maxes. So I'll probably be looking to throw those on like slightly like a little bit of flyers. Maybe Um, I think one of the plays that I'm looking at for. This Lions game is the Lions and Chiefs game is maybe a little play on like David Montgomery, two touchdowns. Uh, I like David Montgomery this year or, you know, maybe the maybe like Sky Moore or somebody like that on the Chiefs with the idea that Travis Kelsey might be out. So something like that, just a little dart. You get it back in a free bet. I usually like to throw free bets back into the NFL futures pool. So we'll try to do, you know, do something with that and keep it interesting for you guys. But with that, I do think that there are some other spots in week one that I want to target. And the one other spot that I definitely want to target is the Atlanta Falcons against the Carolina Panthers. Um, They obviously have Bijan Robinson, very exciting rookie. That's going to be absolutely dynamic, right? Um, They are open, they opened at minus three. This has since moved to minus three and a half. I think that this is one of those spots where you want to be taking Atlanta. Their offense is one of the better offenses in the league. Um, you've got Bijan Robinson, Drake, London, Kyle Pitts, and you have a second year quarterback in Desmond Ritter. I think that with the new quarterback, or not the new quarterback, but with some of the new offensive weapons, uh, with Arthur Smith kind of at the helm here, I think that you're going to have an opportunity to see this Falcons offense really develop and thrive this year. And they're in a relatively weak division. They're in one of the weakest divisions in all of football. So I do think that this is a great spot for them. This is a divisional game. Uh, Carolina was very bad in preseason. And I do think that Atlanta can continue to run the ball effectively. And I don't think that they're going to have too much trouble against Carolina in week one. Um, I think they have too many weapons, too many offensive opportunities here against the Carolina team that seems to have struggled a bit. And, you know, they really Bryce Young kind of struggled a bit for Carolina as well. So I like Atlanta here. They've covered 10 of their last 15 games against the Panthers and Carolina head coach Frank Reich never covered in week one, according to Brandon Anderson of the Action Network. Oh, four and one against the spread, failing to cover by eight points per game. So I think that maybe we'll get a minus three, but I'm okay with three and a half. I'll I'll probably wait because I'm not super concerned about this moving to four. But if I do get to see a three, I will be taking the minus three in this spot. All right, so one of the other games that I'm really interested in is obviously the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. we got a lot of divisional games, honestly, in week one, so that's kind of exciting. I always kind of hate the early divisional game, though, because I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, like by the end of the season... You either like maybe you play again and the people are like, oh, they played earlier in the season or like maybe they play both of their games early in the season. And then it comes like close to playoff time and they're just like, oh, well, like this team's so much better, like this team beat them. It's like these the way football is, it's like teams in week one are just not the same team as they are in week like 15. It's just not even close. So I always I always think that that's kind of interesting, but. There's so much to unpack in this game, obviously, right? You have Aaron Rodgers has finally left the Green Bay Packers and you have Jordan Love. I don't think that Jordan Love is going to be bad. Um, I think that, you know, I think he's going to be good. I don't think that he's going to be, you know, like a franchise quarterback per se, but we've been wrong before. Uh, I just am not 100% sure that the Bears are better than the Packers. Um, they still have Aaron Jones, uh, the bears, obviously they, they have Justin fields, but I think that this, that the, like the expectation for Chicago, because fields is so dynamic, just because of the way that he can run with the ball is that Chicago is going to suddenly be great. And like, they're going to win the division. To me, this feels like Chicago is overpriced and it's one of those games where, I think that this should maybe be closer to a pick them. Uh, you know, you're getting Green Bay at like plus one and a half or so now. Um, I think that it's one of those spots where if you're really looking at this game, you have to wonder like when you're seeing this line. Is this appropriate? Like do, does does Chicago deserve this respect at this point in the season where Green Bay they have they're better defensively? They have a good defensive coordinator and like, you know, he's fine, but Green Bay is better defensively in terms of their talent on the field. So I still think that Chicago is in a little bit of a rebuild, whereas Green Bay, it's a little bit more of like, well, you know, we swapped out Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love. Obviously significant, but Jordan Love is not like any other rookie quarterback or like fresh quarterback just because of the fact that he's been with the team for so many years now and kind of gotten to learn in this role, in this scheme, gotten to practice with these guys. Everybody knows him. He knows the playbook. This isn't like the speed of the game won't really catch up with him or like be surprising to him. So I think that this is one of those games where we might look back at this in a couple of weeks and be like, huh? That was crazy. I can't believe that Green Bay was a dog in week one. So I get that it's at Chicago, but I do think that this is a little bit of like an overreaction um, in this spot. So I I think I I lean, I generally lean uh, Green Bay. I'll probably just take them on the money line if it stays at plus one and a half. Um, But, you know, if we start going to two, two and a half, three, I I might start dabbling with that. I do want to say and bring this up, though, is that I think one of the things that people always talk about with football is there are key numbers. And it's something we talked about last week with Reed Wallach um, when we were talking about college football. But for the NFL, it's so important to understand that there are different key numbers and why they're important. So obviously, three, six, seven, 10, 14 to a certain degree, and even four are more reliable key numbers. Right. So the games are generally ending on those numbers. So three, it's three followed by seven, then six, then 10. Uh, and I think that one of the things you need to consider when you're betting on these games is like, okay, well, does this matter? Like, does this point matter? Does this point matter? Like when, and when you're shopping around, when you're looking to play a line, I've talked about this when I talk about the NBA and it's a little bit different with football, right? So for what the NBA, like when I give out a bet, like if I'm saying like, oh, it's like Kings minus six, um, I'm not really concerned about the minus six and a half, minus seven, or, you know, even minus five and a half or something like that. Like when I'm looking at the juice is really the thing that matters to me. Um, there are some bets where I I think that you're losing value when you try to get a quote unquote, better number because you think you have slightly more outs, right? So with football, if you were betting on, let's talk about the, the Falcons game. Actually, the one that we were just talking about, right? So you the lines currently Falcons minus three and a half. I think that the diff, the difference between three and three and a half is significant. And if you went to go buy that, you can tell that it's significant. So I'm going to open up. Uh, I'm going to open up DraftKings right now as we're t- kind of talking through this. And the reason it's significant is obviously that the lines these games can end on those key numbers so often so you can get hooked whatever you want to call it um the difference like if you want to take this to falcons minus three it goes from minus 112 to minus 134 so, you're paying 22 cents of juice. Whereas if you went to Falcons minus four, you're only going from minus 112 from the three and a half to minus 107. So, you're only saving five cents of juice. And that's because of the fact that these lines, these numbers matter so much, right? So, if you're line shopping and you're looking around and you're like, okay, well, this one book has minus three and a half at minus one twelve. And this other book has uh minus four and or you know at minus four and it's at uh you know minus one oh seven, it's like, all right, well, like that's not really necessarily worth the the extra point like i don't want to lay that 5 cents or sometimes you'll have it where you'll you'll look at one book and because it hasn't really moved enough then you know like you can find you can line shop and find some value so if you could find like a falcon's minus 3 at minus 110 But then, and then you have another book that's Falcons minus three is minus 134. You can see why that kind of happens and what the difference is. And the books, like they're a little stickier as the lines kind of start to settle in. So you can run into some situations where if one book has made the move, You almost have to bet there as opposed to trying to bet on like a different book. Maybe you have more money on it or like whatever, um, just because you're going to be leaving so much on the table Um, because all those things with like in terms of the numbers, in terms of what the odds are, right, um, it all ties to implied probability. And I talk about this. I feel like I talk about this all the time. I talk about what the odds mean and how it's important and why it matters, right? So let's talk about this in terms of the minus 134 um, or minus 112, right? Or well, let's just say minus 110, because that's generally what it is. The spreads are generally posting their minus 110, 52.4% implied probability that that happens. If you jump to minus 134, that's 57.3. So you have to then consider the fact that you now have to win your bet at a much higher clip every time, like if you play that out hundreds and hundreds of times, you have to be more successful. It's not about, and I think that's the thing that trips up a lot of betters is that you look at things and it's, it's hard to take a step back and look at things from like an aerial view. So if you're laying extra money on a money line or like on a price, right? Or on a spread in order to get a quote unquote better number. And what happens is this happens a lot with Stupid numbers like, like, kind of how I mentioned the difference between three and a half and four, but I think even a more significant one would be, say, like, f- between four and a half and five. So, if I'm on DraftKings right now and I was looking to bet something, let's find a spread that's at five. Um, all right. So, the Chiefs are now at minus five. Um, this is perfect. The Chiefs are at minus five. The difference between the Chiefs at minus five and minus four and a half is 10 cents. So it goes from minus 110, which is 52.4% implied probability to minus 120, which is 54.5% implied probability. So that's 2.1% difference for those 10 cents. That means that you need to now hit your bets 2.1% more often to be profitable over a long term, long long stretch of time, so you can't really look at things and say like, "All right, well, like I want to get the better price, or, like I want to get a slightly better line." I'm not really laying that much. It's like, yeah, like you're not, but like, and depending on how much you're bet, but depending on how much you're betting, like it's a little bit more significant, obviously. But when you're when you're doing this, it's changing what you need to do to be a successful better it's changing the numbers that you need to be dealing with it's changing the percentages that you need to hit and be successful at to make money so when you're looking at these lines some there there's going to be times where i would look at this and i'd say like all right well I think that I might rather have uh, I, I would rather have the five. I would rather lay the five at minus one ten than the four and a half at minus one twenty, because I don't think that it's going to happen, especially with the way the key numbers are. You're not really seeing a lot of games ending at five. So you're, it's one of the lower it's one of the lower percentages in terms of like especially single digit numbers and where games ending. So like I don't really care about laying five. Like I don't really see. I don't think that there's enough of a difference between four and a half and five where I'm gonna lay ten cents. It's not gonna bother me playing a hundred games. It doesn't matter to me because like I'm trying to win over a long stretch of time and you can't be giving up edges on individual games and then saying like, well, like that one time when I bought points, you know, like it really paid off. It's like, yeah, sure. But then that's anecdotal. And you're looking at too small of a sample size. You're looking at that one bet that you won when you really need to be looking at it and saying like, well, I'm going to be betting. Like, so let's say over the course of an entire season, I'm going to bet a hundred times. You then have to <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, I've bet a bet hundred times in a weekend, but like, that's not the point. So let's say you're well. All right, so let let's talk about it this way then. You're gonna have let's say you bet a thousand times, right?
1: That's much more realistic.
0: Okay, so if you bet a thousand times and you are, I don't know. Let's say let's call you an average better, right? So you're you're an average better. You hit 50, you 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 actually do good. You bet you won, you win 51% of your bets. So you win 510 out of a thousand bets, right? So you you win more than you lose. You still lost money. Like that's because you were laying more money, right? Um actually, or or let's let's actually do it directly on the nose. You win five hundred and twenty-four bets out of a thousand. If you bet them at minus one ten, you're even. You bet them at minus 120 and you're down like 200 something dollars because you were laying extra money on all of these bets. So it's like, yeah, like you might win a bet or a two more here or there, but the amount that you're paying to do that isn't worth it in the long run. And it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, but you have to remember it. So I do think that there are times where buying that point is significant but it has to be when you're buying a point that matters and it's like a key number like if you want to, if you can get a parlay, like if you can get a number on one book at -3 and it's like -115 and another book you're they're putting out -3 at -110 5 cents worth it it's worth it because you're getting that key number of three or if you're getting off of three, like if you're getting the two and a half or like something like that, those all matter. Like those are some of the edges that you want to take on, but you don't want to be betting on. um, You don't want to be doing that just generally saying like, well, it's only like another five cents. I'm getting them at five instead of four and a half. That's just, that's not the way you want to go. And you're doing like a very poor job in terms of your overall unit management. So that's definitely something to be keep an eye on, especially early in the season when books a lot of times open up openers and sometimes you can get a really soft line, but sometimes they're opening them at like minus 120 or so. So it's definitely a little bit tougher.
1: Don't get the next week one.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's tough, but I think you can, there's definitely some value to be had. And I think that that's important to kind of remember. The other thing that I want to talk about because it, it's similar in a way is teasers. I don't love teasers. I know a lot of people love teasers. Corey, are you a teasers guy?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Not a teasers guy. Not going down that wormhole. It's it's a dangerous game. And I the know. reason I think the reason it's so dangerous is because people are just like, well like you're adding 6 points to this this game like how like how is this not like how does this not happen? How is this not free? Is the answer you get all the time, right? Um, and I think that you can be successful with teasers, but the problem is, is that a typical or, or the proper two point two team six point teaser is supposed to be at minus one ten at most books. The problem is, is that these books aren't doing that anymore. So, like I'm on I'm on Fanduel right now. And I'm gonna look at let's say the let, let's just throw this in here real quick like just something dumb. Um, I want to do a teaser, a six leg te- teaser, a six point teaser on Fanduel, and they're charging me minus one thirty four. The difference between that is just it's like I said before, it's so significant that it becomes very difficult to bet because now you have to hit it at fifty seven point three um, percent. Draft Kings I think is a little bit better. Um, Draftkings is if you do this one let's see here Draftkings is giving you minus 120 um you're you're not really getting proper value on your teasers right so they've made teasers more expensive. Um, typically there's this thing called a like a Wong teaser and the reason that these are, so important is that you generally are looking at favorites of seven and a half to eight and a half points and underdogs of one and a half and two and a half so the reason that these are not these are teams that are so important and these are numbers that are so important is that you're bringing them through the key numbers so if you have for example uh the green Bay Packers at plus one and a half, and you're taking them on a six point teaser, you're taking them plus six points to that. So you're taking them at seven and a half. So you're getting them at through the key numbers of three and seven. Then on the flip side, if you were looking at, uh, at a favorite, if you saw right now, if you looked at, well, we don't have any, we don't have any favorites that really fit this, actually. So it doesn't, doesn't really work. Uh the Vikings would be closest because you're at minus six, but it's still not worth it because you're kind of teasing through zero. So that's not really something that's valuable. But if you were looking at the teams that kind of fit this theory this week, you'd be looking at the Steelers. You would be looking at the at the Cleveland Browns, and you would be looking at the the green Bay Packers. Those are some of the teams that you'd be looking at for this week. And actually the New York jets too at plus two and a half. So those are some of the teams that you'd be looking at. And I like the fact that all those games had like slightly lower totals. Um, so you're definitely going to be having a little bit more opportunity there, but the key with this type of teaser is you're teasing through the key numbers and you want to try to be getting the best price that you could probably find. Uh, it looks like minus minus one twenty might be the best that you can find on these, on these apps at this point in time, you know, depending on what book you use or what your situation is, you might be able to find like a slightly better number. I would say that, there is some opportunity to find better lines if you can just buy the numbers that you want. And this is one of the things that I think is valuable about those alternate spreads, where you could just create a parlay that's through the key numbers. So, like, let's say you want to take, um, you know, like you wanted to bet on the Vikings or something like that this weekend Uh, and the Vikings they're minus six. Um, If you wanted to take them down on an alternate line to minus two and a half, it kind of gets you through those key numbers. It's not as many numbers, but that's a way to kind of look at some of these alternate spreads to try to build a parlay as opposed to money lines where you're like, well, I'd rather lay a couple points here. And I think that I'm still getting the best edge available um also like even if you are building a teaser in this way that i kind of was saying before about teasing them through key numbers always cross-reference you know if you take a team like at or like the packers at plus one and a half just look manually look up the seven and a half line and see what the number actually is and how the parlay comes out as opposed to what the teaser comes out as because sometimes the teasers are automated and the Alternate lines are not um, in the same way. So you can find a little bit of value there. One final word about teasers. Just please do not tease through zero. You are giving up. You're literally just giving up free money. Um, You... The odds that a game ends at like one, the game, that the odds that it ends tied, uh, you know, even like one and a half to like, they're so bad. You're just giving you're just giving up money. You're just you're literally just lighting it on fire. Do not tease through zero. The probability is just so, so poor that it's going to end up there in that way, like in that range, you're. You're just, you're just giving up money. It's it's absolutely not worth what you're paying to get that other price. So that's kind of my thoughts on the NFL in week one, some of the things that I try to look for. And I honestly like I know that there are some bets out there for who should win the Super Bowl and what we're kind of looking at here. I'm struggling here, Corey, because I really think that we might have to bet on the Dallas Cowboys.
1: This nonsense has to stop. <laughs> you're kidding me. Look,
0: I mean, like, they're definitely better. They're definitely that better. That doesn't
1: make them top tier. Get the fuck out of here. All right, so who, like... I can't wait for you to be humbled by week one.
0: I know. With your, with I, like, your
1: ridiculous thoughts. <laughs> I need it. I, I'm wondering You just made so much like, sense. You did so much math, and now you're like, the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl.
0: Which we just know isn't going to happen.
1: Yeah, like congrats.
0: we know it's not going to happen. Let me, let
1: me go get the ESPN contract for you now. You can go work for them.
0: <laughs> I I this do think I just... that, gen genuinely though, um, I do think the Cowboys are much better. I think the <sighs> NFC is relatively weak. Um, I'm sick
1: of people saying that. That's bullshit.
0: Is it why? I you mean, can tell
1: me why they're weak.
0: I mean, the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. How many of the teams in the NFC East made it to the playoffs last year?
0: Uh, hey, you know what? That's that's
1: actually a very fair point. Yeah. So, because <laughs> everyone was fucking dogging the Giants all goddamn year, <laughs> and they still kind of kicked ass. That's you're not you're
0: you know what you're not wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up I for know. this.
1: These are the bullshit one... takes people just throw out there to piss off the biggest market in football, so that they watch and argue on X all day long. On X. That's all the it one... is
0: the one thing that I will say is that I'm always like a bills guy, kind of like I, I want, I think the Josh Allen's so, so good. Um, But I do have some concerns with his turnovers and his proclivity for, you know, turning the ball over. But at 9 to 1, it's a little bit tough for me to kind of get away from them. I think that they're so I think they're so good. That's um solid. so I probably I think I think FanDuel still has that bonus uh where you can bet on the a team to win the Super Bowl and you will you place a straight wager on the market um and for each win that they accrue Uh, you get a little bit of a payout. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be putting a bet in on the Buffalo Bills at 9-1 to on FanDuel for the super win bonus that they've got going on for the Super Bowl.
1: Now you're talking some sense. Now I'm talking. Now that makes sense.
0: Now we're back.
1: That's a (laughs) top-tier team. Compare them now together. There's no fucking way Dallas wins more than five out of ten matches between the two of them.
0: No. I mean, look. No shot. It's, it's mostly, it's almost always about just the number and, you know, doing what I can find, you know, and how I can get there. So I, I do think that the number that you're getting for Dallas is, is very good. Mm. You know, uh, they're like 18 to one, 20 to one, depending on your book. So I do think that there's, you know, for some 14 to ones out there too, but I do think that, uh, I'm where the commanders, where are the commanders? Uh, they well, I see some are,
1: value right there, baby.
0: The commanders are sixty-five to one.
1: I see value. I take value. Show so to Terry,
0: of one, but I'm look, pop, I'm I,
1: popping that that future right now. Uh, you know, user beware. This is a total gut feeling.
0: It's just it's just a thought, but a I, thought do, that I, I do. Can think- rub I do
1: think at Dallas fans face one day
0: i do think that buffalo is is obviously very good and part of why i'm going to bet them for this type of promo is that i think they should excel in the regular season i don't envision too many issues here so i want to rack up those free bets and kind of just be in a position where i'm essentially free rolling my super bowl bet something so would have I don't, to be
1: horribly wrong yeah for a decent amount wrong. of time between like the regular season in the playoffs yeah so i don't i don't fire on you
0: Exactly. So I don't mind doing that. But with that, we are going to turn it to producer Corey. You know how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great.
0: How do you feel about um about <laughs> the NFL season being ready to start and what what is your number one what, we're we're at Pods and Rex now. So, yeah. what's your recommendation for the start of NFL season?
1: All right. Two things. One, Get drunk and buy yourself a jersey. Okay. I did it last year. Graham Ganneau, best jersey I've ever purchased. <laughs> did I get the size wrong because I was a little inebriated? Sure. Can you tell when it's like 40 degrees outside and I'm layered up? Hell no. It's What best. size did you get? It's a double X. I oh, missed. It's huge. Yeah, big time miss. It's like almost at my knees. It's not great, but <laughs> it's the Color Rush Graham Ganneau. I love it. Are you gonna wear that tomorrow? I might. I might. <laughs> on second thought, maybe maybe I shouldn't wear it while it's still warm outside. It is incredibly long.
0: You might not have to wear pants though.
1: That is true. I'll just I'll just wear it like a moo
0: Yeah. So you might actually be fine.
1: Yeah, I could put a belt on it, say it's a kilt.
0: You there's so many options, honestly.
1: Yeah, so I would highly suggest you do that. And, like, yeah, like, do I order from, like, you know, the cheap Chinese places? Once in a blue moon. I went straight oh, up to the NFL website yeah. for this one because, again, I was riding high off a Giants, like, comeback win, tail as old as time, right? And uh, I got the hardest working players' jersey. So get yourself a new jersey. It's a new season. Second, I bought one of these bad boys.
0: What is that thing? This
1: is a candle lighter. But it's basically I mean, a little tiny taser.
0: It looks like cattle prod. It is. The it's literally most smoking. Fun,
1: yeah, there's a little bit of wax on there. It is the <laughs> most fun thing ever. I've been lighting candles and blowing them out for weeks now. Have I'm you charged the battery?
0: Have you hit yourself with that thing?
1: Yeah, I haven't yet, but I know I'm going to. Oh, it's inevitable. I've thought about it. Yeah, you're like before. I think
0: I want to know. Like I need to know what this, how this feels.
1: Yeah, I got tased before. Like it's manageable, but not pleasant. When did you get tased? <laughs> I don't know. I was like eleven or ten, and like <laughs> one of my friends, like very bad influence brothers, had a box of weaponry. I'm not even kidding you. It was, we we're playing Grand Theft Auto in his brother's room, and he got pissed off. He was like, "I told you not to go up here. You play my PlayStation." So he whipped his taser around, <laughs> tased us.
0: Um, that is the craziest shit. Like, who even that was access- as
1: crazy as when I saw his box of weaponry? We're talking I- like. A, a serious ball and chain. Like, shit you would buy from medieval times. But, like, this was... Th- oh, no, I was early, I was younger than 10. It was, like, 98, 99, so I was probably 7 or 8. That is... I don't even know how you get that stuff without the internet. Like, I don't know where he accumulated this shit. Brass knuckles, like, switchblade knives that were definitely illegal. Butterfly they're, knives. They're so illegal. Yeah, he did serve some time, though. But he's out now with a nice... Like, he's got a nice family. He, he Like,
0: Juvie? Into... Juvie are like real shit. Both. Oh, well, I, <laughs> there Shocker. you go. I,
1: the guy with a box full of weapon reserved time, both as a juvenile and an adult. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad
0: that you're not like on a documentary talking about him at this point. So I, I, you come know, on,
1: I would have really popped.
0: I know you, you. This show would be super famous at this point.
1: Yeah, you got to get this this candle lighter. It's like seven dollars on Amazon. It's the most. I, if it burns out anytime soon, I've already got my money's worth.
0: Just for the fun of it.
1: Oh, it's so much fun
0: that's dynamite yeah. i um i watched a movie today i watched uh champions on amazon prime oh, with not benchwarmers? Uh, no not bench warmers different oh. movie uh so, <laughs> it was it was a very good feel good movie i'm not going to get too into the details i don't want to give any spoilers um <laughs> you have google just look it up <laughs> uh what it was this piece of work <laughs> It was it was really good. Woody Harrelson was in it. It was, I would say it was a very hilarious and heartwarming story. Um, so would would definitely recommend it. It's included in your Amazon Prime subscription. So, you know, take a look at it. Uh get and while you're watching it, order one of these candle things that uh Corey's got here. Because if there's anything that's going to spark the love and the fire for your season and your NFL bets, it's a $7 candle lighter on Amazon. Let's cash that.